So hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. I'm joined by Gary Kristinski, who's the president of the Revelstoke Rod and Gun Club. We're here to talk about uh, changes to fishing regulations uh, that took effect April 1st, um, specifically ones right around Revelstoke. Uh, Gary, thanks for joining me. Uh, good afternoon, Aaron. So, Gary, um, April 1st today, we have uh, new regulations in place. What's changed? Okay, there's a few important changes for this area. Uh, one of the first ones is a, a closed area is changed from the dam to the highway bridge that is now extended down to the power line on the Illicillowit River. So, initially, we wanted that closed area shut down right to Arrowhead. Um, Second change is bull trout and arrow drawdown zone, uh, the Illicillowit River downstream. They're now limited to only fish over 60 centimeters, and we see that as, as favorable. Uh, the third one, uh, more minor but important in another way, is the Illicillowit River. The whitefish season is now closed. So that was just an excuse to poach rainbow and dollies in the Illicillowit. So that closure is, is good because now there's no fishing at all out there. So those are three important changes. It's not everything we wanted, but it's a start. Mm -hmm. So if I can go back to the closed area from the dam to the uh, the power line on the Illicillowite. Sure. And the reason we wanted that shut down, and there's uh, controversy about that within and, and outside the club, because people like fishing on the river, is that when the, when the water is down, it's like fishing in your backyard in, in the swimming pool. Uh, the big dollies and rainbows are, are taken out of there. And uh, as we all know, there's no CO around. There's no signs posted. There's no enforcement of the regulations. And so uh, we're concerned about conservation of, of the spawning fish there. And by the time the regs change, it takes so long for their regs to change and their two-year regs. We're really concerned that, that it is a conservation uh, effort that we're concerned about because in two to four years, all those big fish could be yarded out and gone. So that's our number one concern. And that's why we wanted uh, uh, a ban on right down to Arrowhead because if, if the Columbia River is treated as the stream rules are, that rules out fishing during the, uh, the spawning times. And if it was enforced, then fewer fish are going to be taken, fewer illegal fish taken, mm -hmm. and uh, the fish stocks would, would hopefully stay up. So just to, to, to catch you on a point there, um, you want it treated as a river and uh, currently it's being treated as a lake and as people know, uh, the, the, the water levels change uh, over the season there because it's a drawdown zone. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty well in a nutshell. Yeah, if it's treated, it's, if it's treated more like a river, then the regs cover the, the spawning aspect, not catching the spawners. And... Uh, so the conservation should be better and maintaining the fish stocks to, to a better level than what's going to happen now, particularly with no, no enforcement happening. 
And, and what is happening now? Are you seeing drops in the numbers of fish there? What, what's the, the evidence of, of what's happening out there uh, on the river? We don't have any, we don't have any census. So we don't have uh, uh, any access to, to a census of, of what population stocks are there. But you can see on every given day, particularly now, there's so many people fishing on the river between here and Arrowhead, particularly down at 10 Mile, 12 Mile, and they're yarding out a lot of fish. Uh, they're overfishing. They're taking fish on barbed hooks. Uh, some of them don't have licenses. They know the COs aren't around uh, regularly. Uh, about two weeks ago, the COs were at 12 Mile, and there's at least seven infractions on that little stretch of river alone. Now, the, the infractions ranged from not having a license to overfishing, and we're not privy to all the exact charges. But the point is that there's that many infractions in that small section of a river, you can imagine that magnified over the whole district and 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 even in the, the section of the river we're talking about from from the dam down to Arrowhead, how many more infractions are occurring. And that's a sensitive area, particularly when fish are spawning and particularly when the water is down. As uh, the Revelstoke Rod and Gun Club has been a strong advocate for the reinstatement of a Revelstoke-based conservation officer um, ever since uh, the, the former officer uh, retired in uh, December of 2013 and, and the position was moved to Golden, that's, that's uh, really been a, a subject of public debate here. What changes um, have you and your club members seen to... Um, perhaps illegal fishing or poaching since the, the conservation officer has no longer been uh, posted uh, here in Revelstoke? Well, there's three primary changes that, that we've noticed, and uh, they have been justified by the Minister of Environment in a letter we sent to her outlining our problems with the management the way it sits now. And there's there's very there's very many problems, a lot of problems associated with not having a CO. The primary ones, uh, with respect to how the minister is managing uh, the CO service, is they say she says that the model works in the province. Well, it does not work in Revelstoke. It works in Golden where there's two COs, but it can't work in Revelstoke where there are none. So right off the bat, you've got anarchy because there is no compliance and enforcement by any authorized officer uh, in Revelstoke, uh, the, whole, the whole vicinity of Revelstoke. And the second point that the minister made that to justify how they run things is um, that the officers are highly mobile. The SEALs are highly mobile. Well, <laughs> they're mobile, all right. It's an hour and a half from Vernon, and it's an hour and a half from Golden. If the highway is open, if, when reporting to the RAP line, that message gets to those COs in either of those locations, if they are there to accept the phone calls and act on it, and invariably they're not, if there's an infraction reported on the RAP line, 
if it's relatively minor in their viewpoint or, or it takes at least a couple hours to come here, which it does, they're inclined uh, uh, not to come and either let the RCMP or ourselves deal with it. And that isn't acceptable. They, they might be highly mobile, but they're not here in a timely fashion, timely manner. And that's quite clear in the case of the Cougar incident and the two, uh, the two bear incidents uh, last year where a dog uh, was killed by a cougar in the backyard of a local resident. The kids were playing there. Mm -hmm. The second one was uh, bears being up the tree by home hardware, and the RCMP had to hold the fort until COs arrived from Vernon, at least two hours later. And the third incident was in the Big Eddy uh, area where RCMP were actually trying to shoot a bear, and people were in between the RCMP and the bears taking pictures. Mm -hmm. So the mobility thing is out the window mm. and and they also say they're providing the best service they're providing virtually zero service here it, it just does not work so those are the three uh, three priorities as we see that need to be addressed Speaking to the fish issue, you alluded earlier that there is um, different opinions in both the club and the community. I'm assuming that means some people aren't happy with the new restrictions. Uh, what are they saying about uh, the changes? What's the feedback you've got from them? Well, people that, in particular people that don't have boats, uh, they want an area to fish uh, on the Columbia River, and, and they should be able to fish there. But when the, when the uh, resource is not managed properly and there's illegal operations going on that reduce the stocks, the, the primary concern is, is to protect those stocks. And how do you do that? Well, you have to reduce or close the season, particularly uh, in the time that the species are vulnerable. And that's just common sense. It, uh, if, if you want to let people have a free-for-all and fish out everything, they can do that. But in three or four years, the stocks are going to be gone, and then the public is going to say, what has the ministry done, and what has the Rod and Gun Club done? Why didn't they recognize that there is a problem there and, and deal with it properly before uh, you know, the, the drastic reduction in, in the stocks occurred? Mm -hmm. So there has to be a rational approach to how you manage any kind of resource, and if, if it's in, imperiled in any way, then you look at that and, and deal with it appropriately. And uh, the, min the ministry is not dealing with this as a conservation issue. They only went piecemeal uh, because I'm sure they expected uh, kickback. So it's, it's a lot of people, I think, that don't understand the issue completely. We understand their need, their need to fish and the Columbia River is closed, particularly at the Centennial Boat Ramp or 12 Mile. So you can understand their frustration if there's a closed season but, uh, put on, but there's good reasons for it. Mm -hmm. Gary, the, the regulations are, are the, the rules, and that's the, the minimum standard uh, a fisherman uh, would have to adhere to. Do you have any other advice uh, above and beyond that for people who 
want to go fishing on the Columbia River on the shores uh, where it still is permitted, but fish in an ethical and a sustainable way. What is your advice to someone who, who is like that? They want to have a, a, a light footprint with their fishing, but they still want to get out there and fish. What do you recommend? Well, if they, if they want to get out and fish, then uh, obviously they should uh, respect the rules that are in place. And that means reading the regulations and knowing what they are and fishing accordingly. Also, if they see uh, infringements or uh, they suspect uh, infringements on the law, they should report it to the rap line. Because uh, why should we let our resource be poached uh, by people that, aren't law-abiding, and it's going to cost the rest of us that, that are, inevitably. So, and and they should bring up their kids that way as well. Like, young kids are taking fishing. They should uh, teach them the ethics of fishing, the rules and regulations, and uh, taught to respect the resource. One way of doing that is to join the Rod and Gun Club and uh, partner up with uh, some of the members here, particularly if uh, people don't have experience. And we have lots of members in our club that, uh, that have the uh, experience and are willing to help people enjoy the outdoors, particularly fishing. And one last question, Gary. In your view, how rampant is poaching um, and illegal fishing around Revelstoke? We have no way of, of knowing the full the full amount that's going on, but uh, you can go to any coffee crowd in town, and a lot of people fish, and they'll tell you they've seen people with, with too many fish, uh, no licenses, they're canning uh, fish when they shouldn't be illegally. Uh, there's all kinds of contraventions going on, but they're frustrated with the reporting. Um, you can phone their app line. You may or may not get a CO. And if it's relatively minor offense that you've noticed, they aren't coming over. And that's one of the that's another one of the main concerns is the rap line. The rap line is cited by uh, the Minister of Environment as being the number one method of determining where COs are placed. Well, now there's two COs in Golden, and there's none here. And ironically, in Bearware, Sue Davies can Bearware can confirm that she's looked into the numbers. In 2014, Revelstoke had far more rap line calls than Golden. Yet Golden has two COs, we have none. Mm-hmm. And the criteria, the primary criteria for, for staffing is based on the rap line. Mm-hmm. And the year before, uh, apparently we in 2013 apparently we had less rap line calls but that's also because of frustration because of the locals calling the rap line and either the CEO is not getting the message or the CEO is getting the message and saying we either can't come over today or we can't be bothered coming over today and you have to understand if CEOs are coming over now both of them come they're very concerned about security, and rightfully so. We don't have any any axe to grind with the ministry over that. But when two COs come to Revelstoke, it takes two hours travel time at least. They might go up to Mike or down south, another two hours. They get their business done, two or three hours. They're into seven hours already. Now they have to go back to Golden. And 
every hour they're over seven hours, they take off in, in flex time somewhere along the line. So it's a double accounting for time that they don't have to spare. And it's primarily because of the traveling time over here. So there's an economy of scales with respect to how the COs use their time to travel back and forth here. Rather than being present, they could be called on the wrap line and be immediately accessible to, to somebody in town. And last year, uh, as you know, there's a considerable number of bears and a lot of calls on the wrap line about bears. And right now, that's probably the number one concern is, uh, is bears in town and how they're dealt with. Because now the RCMP uh, are surrogates for the COs. They sit on it and wait till the COs come over. And that's how the bear problem is being dealt with. Mm-hmm. Not fair to the RCMP, the Rod and Gun Club, or the public mm-hmm. to have to wait and wait for some kind of action to be taken by the Ministry of Environment. So, Gary, the, the, the RAP line is the Conservation Officer Service telephone number. RAP is, stands for Report All Poachers and Polluters. The telephone number is toll-free 1-877-952-7277 or 1-877-952-RAP. Um, Gary Kristinski is the president of the Revelstoke Rod and Gun Club. Gary, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us about this issue. Okay, thanks, Aaron. Anytime.